Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Outsider's Edge. Two of them this week. We are uh, giving you some some premium content. Uh, as always, it's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash, and I got the whole crew with me again. We just laughed that this is like consecutive shows where all of us are here. So uh, I got my boys Carl and Kyle with me. What's going on, guys? Not much, man. We're just um, I'm pretty hyped that we actually were managed to get all of us because usually it's usually I'm the one who's never around. So, but here lately I've been able to like make it happen so um just ready to you you couldn't resist our magnetic personalities yeah sure we'll go with that yeah that's good good stroke my ego i need that (laughs) yeah it feels feels like when cody was jealous of coda and kenny oh yeah (laughs) you're just cody well cody is the uh you know he's now the nwa heavyweight champion so if i follow the cody path i'm doing something right well, I mean, what a feel-good story that was. Mm-hmm. It was a feel-good story. It don't do nothing for me, but it, it was a feel-good story. But let's jump into that. So we're, we're a little behind on some current events, but there's nothing more current than All In. Uh, as we mentioned in the past few episodes, one of our very own, Kyle, was in the crowd. So uh, I do want to get kind of a first-hand uh, experience from him and kind of let him tell you how things were and stuff you know because you know shows are never the same on air as they are there so nope tell us what what you think man how was it all right um before i talk about the show itself i do want to give a shout out to our friends over at keeping it strong style josh and jeremy for uh hanging out with me while we were in chicago that was a really great time um i think the number one thing i want to mention about the show and being there live was just how hot the crowd was from like before the show even started. And the craziest thing was like, you know how normally you go to a show and like, you'll get to that point in the middle of the show where you're just like, all right, I need a bathroom break. I need to hit the concession stand. I need whatever. And this is kind of just that throwaway match. So uh, no big deal. People didn't move once the show started. I took a bathroom break after the Flip Gordon Jay Lethal match, and I was back in time for the table spot because there was no line. The concourse was barren. Everybody was so glued to the show and glued to being there that nobody wanted to miss a moment, no matter what that moment might have been. So, like, that was really cool because I've been to a lot of wrestling shows and outside of mania, you don't generally see that level of enthusiasm That's for the whole point. show. It's a great point. So that in and of itself was great. Um, it was every bit of full they, They've got the t-shirts out now. It was 11,000 plus in the stands. And so that was really cool. Um, as someone who, you know, I go to a lot of ring of honor shows like down in Atlanta and shit, and they do it at the center stage theater. 
and that theater seats maybe five, six hundred people. Maybe. That's like on a good and, day. Yeah, and I go to that show all the time. And that's the typical size of, you know, a ring of honor crowd. So being able to see them get, you know, yeah, they pack some people in for super cards, but being able to see them get this many people in for an indie show and be this engaged to the entire show was awesome. Um, I even watched that team that I don't like that I won't talk about or name. Oh, all I'll say is SCU. That reminds me. I still haven't watched Zero Hour. I forgot all about that. If you haven't watched Zero Hour, I think you'll really enjoy Zero Hour. The Battle Royal was as good a Battle Royal as you can get. Carl's Bay, Jordan Grace, looked great <laughs> in the Battle Royal. She was yeah. phenomenal. Um, she had this awesome powerbomb spot on Brian Cage. Like, Aren't they, be- aren't they, uh, don't they have like a feud right now in some company? Yeah, I forget what company it is. But, Beyond, wrestling. Um, Beyond Wrestling. But yeah, like... What was great about the Battle Royal is all 15 people that were in the match got their moment. Um, And the Flip Gordon reveal was stellar. Um, I kind of saw some kind of reveal coming when I noticed that both Chico and Rocky Romero were in the match. Yeah, that's a good point. Because for those that don't know, I hate to, you know, break kayfabe and kill it, but uh, Chico is Rocky. So, like, the two of them (laughs) being in the match was kind of a giveaway that there was shenanigans at play. (gasps) You tell me that, that you tell me that they're the same person. I know. Next, you're I gonna know. tell me that Sami Zayn and uh and uh, El Generico are the same person. Like, come on, man. That has never been confirmed, sir. Yeah, they're that not. Has never been confirmed. Nah. Stop! Stop with the nonsense. <laughs> but um, but still, Carl, you had pointed out on Twitter like the Flip Gordon thing was great because it was such good long-term storytelling for. Yeah. Flip trying to get booked for all in. And then what was really cool is in the match itself, the different callbacks that they were doing to Randy Savage and his career arc. Are you talking they about start... the uh, Flip, Flip and the Lethal match? Okay. Yes. When Black... First of all, Black Machismo was my second favorite pop of the night. My personal pop Lenny of the night Papa? was, of course, oh, yeah. Pharaoh Rhodes. Okay. <laughs> like, because I mean... I'm a dog person, y'all. If I see the dog, the dog is automatically my favorite thing about the show. Um, but no, uh, they started that match and they did callbacks to the Savage San Martino stuff. Then Flip hulked up. They did some warrior type <laughs> stuff. Like it, it got a little ridiculous, but it was a lot of fun. It was a good match, and the right man won because Flip's not quite champion yet. He's not quite there yet. Um, Imagine how big the crowd would have popped though if he would have won oh we'd have lost our shit not as much as we did for cody but we'd have lost our shit yeah um mm-hmm. i want to uh-huh. give i want i do want to give a shout out to the women's match the women's match started slow but they won the crowd over by the end Britt um, baker baby Britt baker yes but more so chelsea green like tessa blanchard is obviously the star i'm yes. not gonna sit here and try to dispute that tessa is the star and i have a lot of respect for madison rain Oh, yeah. As a fan OG. of old school TNA and the beautiful OG. people and Queen B Madison Ray always gets a pop for me. But Chelsea Green is legit. Oh, She's yeah. way more talented than her boyfriend. But that's so let me, let me, he knows let, that. Let me let me ask you this, Kyle. Yeah. Having said all that, I know that you probably if you have more to say, that's fine, but I'm just gonna interject here for a second. No, please match, do. match of the night for you. For you. Ooh. 
that's a good question. Okay, so I would say my personal match of the night was probably the Cody match because that was such a great moment. For the moment, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people are going to pick Kenny and Penta, and Kenny and Penta were great, don't get me wrong, but Penta does the Cero Miedo just a little bit too much for me. Just as much as Kenny does the V-Trigger. Just about to say, I mean, I'm not hating on either one, y'all, but like, I'm just saying it was a little one too many. Yeah. Out of catchphrase for it to really, and I mean, it was some typical lucha, so you know, selling is optional in lucha libre. My, when you break his arm at like five minutes into the match, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah selling's totally optional in lucha libre. I think the main event would have been my favorite if it hadn't gone over time. If they hadn't gone over time. Um. But um, I will also say that it was the best Marty Skrull match I ever saw. Him versus Okada was well, the best match I've ever seen him it's have. the best guy he's ever wrestled, so that's a good point. True. Yeah. That's not <laughs> that's that's a, very a good lie. Point. That's not a lie. I got a question uh, for you. I got a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you remember when, when the cards first started getting laid out, yeah. you and I had some disagreements about the card in general. Cause I yes. didn't think it was a card that made sense from numerous situa- numerous, numerous perspectives. One being that the stuff they were doing at BTE wasn't matching. Number two, it just seemed like they asked the BTE guys who you want to fight. And they depicted it instead of trying to make things that made sense. Like Marty facing the best heavyweight in the world. Or Joey Janela out of nowhere facing Hangman, stuff like that. So, I I seed to you, like you told me, just chill, let it, let it happen. Things made more sense as the night went on. But do you think... For people who were like me, who were tentative about the card, do you think they did a good job of making it make sense for those who aren't the diehard fans like you or the guys who were there? Do you think they did a good job of mix, of make, making that mix work? Um, in reference to the BTE stuff, I think they did a good enough job of incorporating most of those storylines in the end. Absolutely, um, yeah. With Joy Ryan so like, coming out and yes, stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so like, like that. I think they did a good enough job for that. In response to your thing on the matchups not making sense, I'm not going to dispute you on that point per se as much as I'm going to say that I think a big part of the point that they were trying to do, in case this was a one-off thing and it hadn't been the big success that it turned out to be, I think a lot of it was, when are you going to see Kenny Omega and Penta go at each other? They, They don't work for companies that have a working relationship. When are you going to see... When are you going to see Matt Cross not wearing the Son of Havoc mask anymore, period? That's but, like, yeah. you know, when are you going to see some of these matchups was, I think, a lot of the why they did them the way that they did them. Yeah. Um, so that would be my only real comment to rebut that. I'm not going to dispute that the matchups didn't necessarily pop you the way that you might think on paper, but, like, even Marty versus Okada... Marty is not technically a heavyweight in New Japan. And not being a heavyweight in New Japan yet means Marty's not facing Okada one-on-one anytime soon. So this was an opportunity to, you know, pull the trigger on that, show what it can do. And it was really entertaining. Um, That's a good point. So, like, that would be my general comment about that. Um, Let's get back to Joey Ryan, though, because... I got something that I need to get off my chest about a lot of the criticism that I hear generated towards Joey Ryan. 
Um, if you don't like Joey Ryan because you're just not into the gimmick or you don't think it's funny, that's fair. That's valid. I don't necessarily agree with you. I'm all here for it. But that's fair and valid. If you think that Joey Ryan is vulgar and disgusting and an embarrassment to wrestling and that that segment was just the most obscene thing that you've ever seen, miss me with that bullshit. This is professional wrestling. The, uh, the list of ridiculous bullshit, gross-ass gimmicks, I could go on all day. The PMS, Pretty Mean Sisters, who took meat to the ring with them. <laughs> fucking Trish, Trish originally coming in with TNA as a fucking thing. And then Trish had a fucking slop match with Stephanie McMahon. Let's not forget that shit. Let's not forget that Trish Strat is possibly the best women's wrestler in WWE history from a kayfabe standpoint, at least was originally nothing more than a hot piece of ass that they used to embarrass and made pretend to prostrate herself to Vince fucking McMahon. Vince's doubles to, when he was fucking the whole roster. Yeah, we used to have the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club. Like, not figuratively either. Lip Straight up, lips to cheeks, kiss my ass club. So, like, miss me with that Joey Ryan is vulgar shit. All right? If it's not your cup of tea... I respect that. I understand that. But miss me with that, especially because Joey Ryan markets himself as a comedy wrestler. That's what he calls himself. His tweet out after the show wasn't about some great ring work rate shit. His tweet after the show was a picture of the fans smiling behind him. And his response, putting smiles on faces, makes the whole thing worth it. So, That's his approach. Ask Candice LeRae about Joey Ryan. Yeah, she helped his, he helped her career massively. World's Cutest Tag Team was huge for Candice's career. Like, I, I'm cool with people not liking him if they don't care for his gimmick or they don't care for his wrestling or they just don't care for the dick flip because they think it's ridiculous. I, I disagree, but I respect it. But this whole like it's obscene thing is a step yeah. too far. No, yeah, I think I think both me and Carl agree, and I'm one of the people that does, that the gimmick does doesn't do anything for. But like you said, it's acknowledged openly that it's not a serious gimmick. It's all for jokes, for ha-has, this, that, and the other. Yeah, the backstory um, of the gimmick is that he was bitten by a radioactive penis, and it gave his penis superpowers. Hey. That's a better backstory than to have the superheroes out here. So I'm just saying. That's what the fuck I'm saying. Like, no, no lie. Right? <laughs> who wouldn't right? want that? Who wouldn't want that superpower? I'm just saying, right? What makes what, <laughs> what makes more sense? Getting bit by radioactive penis or being born on another planet that has a yellow sun or has a white sun and flown flown to America or the world that has a, a yellow sun and now you're a superpower superhero. Just or or being created by your arch nemesis who went back in time and manipulated a particle explosion yeah, to strike okay. you by lightning. You, that's your that's that's your guy. You're a flash guy. Oh, I love the flash. I'm not even hating. <laughs> You're a flash I'm just guy. Saying. Um, I do want to I do want to say one thing though. Um, I think cert, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of that chatter was definitely from people who don't know Joey Ryan or WWE guys who weren't who weren't happy with all in for some reason right i'm pretty sure 
I'll, I'll venture to assume that. Um, I, I will say that one thing that those people or that group says that I absolutely agree with is this one thing. And this goes into a lot of the hypocrisy of what All In was and can be and what WWE is and can be. If that gimmick was done on main roster WWE, hell, NXT, hell, if someone saw it going on the damn Largo loop, they would get crucified by everybody. So there is, and that's which is why Joey Ryan doesn't want to go to a major company, but there is a level of autonomy he has being as an indie wrestler that he can do what he wants and nobody ultimately cares because it's indie wrestling. But I think a lot of things happened on that show. And I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here. I'm just, you know, adding layers to the conversation. There are a lot of things that happened on that show that had they been on WWE Monday Night Raw, people would hate. But because of the situation it was, they loved it. Like, Cody and Aldis was a boring-ass match, but it was a great story. But it was a terrible match. That blade job was real was real bad. So I'm horrible. not even going to defend it. That it was, was a, a terrible real bad no, blade don't job. Me, don't get me wrong. There were some moments that were very palpable. Anytime I see DDP hit the diamond cut on anybody. Oh, as soon as that I'll shit pop. happens, we're all in. Like, right? figuratively and speaking. The, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah and then you guys wonder why the indies bring back new star, old stars all the time. Oh, or WWE, for that matter. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's the joke. I oh, did a terrible sorry. job of laying it out there. But yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay, yes. Ha <laughs> ha, Carl, that was good. Woo! Well, sorry, I ain't said shit yet. So I gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta, no, gotta, I want you to jump in. Because I'm sure I feel like you might feel more on my side than what and Kyle might do, might too as well. But I just and I don't know if this is even relevant to the conversation. Not I'm just saying it to say it, whatever. But I just so I think that's a part of the reason why some part of those some of those folks might have had some form of a problem with it. A lot of it is they're just stupid and ignorant because they can't see that it's just a joke. Right. Right. But that is, but I mean, I think we can all agree, or at least accept, that there is that high level of hypocrisy. Again, another thing, and again, I'm not trying to shit on the show because I watched the show. In fact, for those of you listening who think I'm anti-indie, I bought the show. Spent my money on Facts. it. Spent my money on it. So I'm not anti-indie. I'm just pro WWE. But if a WWE show would have ended with the show as rushed as the Bucks. And Kota Ibushi versus Bandito, Ray, and Phoenix was, Phoenix was, they'd be getting shit on too. But everybody was like, oh, well, give it a chance. It's okay. Give it a chance. It's the first time. It's this, that, and the other. It don't work for me. Can, can, I, can I briefly offer one slight rebuttal? Yeah, of course. WWE shows are on their own network now, so if they need to, they can overrun. I'm not well, saying they have to, but they can. Smackdown. Raw, oh, Raw's main event don't start till like 10.50 most weeks. No, you're right. They but to, hit the shit out of that overrun. To, to be fair, though, if you look at the guide, it says to 10.05. So it's expected. <laughs> but SmackDown ends at a, at a, at a smooth 8.59 every night, every Tuesday. <laughs> right. No, but... Uh, no, I only said that to say like what what they were trying to avoid is they didn't want a fucking WCW oh, we got cut DDP off. Goldberg situation yeah. where you're in the middle of the fucking match and that shit's just no. Look, I don't got I don't have a problem. Again, I'm not saying that I have a problem with any it, of that. I'm saying that the people who were defending that will be the same people 
arguing against it if it happened in WWE. But what I'm saying, no, but what I'm saying here is context matters, though. Okay. In the sense that, in the sense that WWE is the number one wrestling promotion, period, in the world, period. Number okay. one. Sure. They have their own network. Like it would be unacceptable for WWE because they are the peak of the industry. This You're is right. a this is a one-off event being thrown by the wrestlers themselves. And I understand that they're like in they should be held to a certain standard because of the level that all of the guys involved in the show are at. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we should just give them a total pass on everything, mm-hmm. but some of those more production oriented aspects of it, like sure. it's it's not acceptable if the number one promotion in the world fucks up and doesn't know the runtime of their own shows and doesn't rein into performers well, it, trying on, to overrun. All right, I have to I have to jump in on this on this one point though. You said it yourself, you're not going to give Cody and them a pass, like a complete pass. Here's the reason why I wouldn't give them any kind of pass, period. Like, for me, you, this is, this was your deal, this is what you wanted to do, okay? And that's fine. I, hey, I've said it from the beginning. I'm happy for him. I love Cody Rhodes. I said it on the award show. He's my number one wrestler of the year. I'm a huge fan, right? However, for those of us who didn't, who weren't there, Kyle, you were there, but for those of us who weren't, as soon as that show went off the air, they had their little post-speech thing. Oh, we didn't and, get it was, and it was the whole, well, you know, not one company owns pro wrestling. We own pro wrestling, right? I don't think we you know, would have got that even if they finished the match, though. Right. But we know what they're alluding to, right? And that's the thing. If you're going to hold yourself to a standard, to enough of a standard where you can come out there and say, the WWE doesn't own pro wrestling. We, like, we collectively own it then you now officially get held to the same standard because you, if you can't keep WWE out of your mouth, which was I mean, honestly, I haven't even gotten into what I think about the show, but there's just this part right here. If you can't keep WWE out of your mouth, then you deserve to be held to the same standards. In my opinion, regardless if you have the budget or if you have the same production teams, that's on you. If you can't do what they do, you shouldn't be talking about them and how they do things. That's my opinion. Okay. Like and I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. I thought the show was yeah, really good. I mean, I, yeah. it wasn't my favorite wrestling show I've ever seen or anything. But I will say I re I watched the replay and it was really nice to hear three commentators not talk over each other all night. Well, yeah, right. But here's and one thing I want to get at each other. Here's one thing about the commentators though, and this I find this to be hilarious. Like we get on WWE like the My- Michael Cole right for plugging Twitter and all this stuff. You know how many times I heard about All In trending on Twitter during that replay? Oh, see, see it splash to the top left of the screen? Quite a few times. So there, regardless, what that shows to me is not so much that ha, 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 they're being hypocrites. It shows me that even guys like Cody, those announcers for that show, people like that understand the importance of branding your shit. So when we come out to WWE... All In was an ex... All In was an expert example of branding and social right. media awareness. It but was a show that sold out based on social media. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. So, like, when you still have people that will come after you with that, oh, God, every time WWE's on, I can't stand to listen to Michael Cole because it's catch, it's like nicknames for wrestlers. That, like, the big It's boss time. Can I tell you that I think a lot of the issue with Michael Cole is the same issue that, like, people like me have with Randy Orton? It's fatigue. It could it's be, fatigue. and that's fair. Like, 
Michael Cole has been on our airwaves. Realistically, Michael Cole's been on our airwaves since 1998. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. He's been on one form or another. He's been a commentator, a backstage interviewer. He was the voice of SmackDown. Now he's the voice of, like, WWE proper. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the reason that Michael Cole gets as much shit as he gets is that he's been around for fucking ever. And well, for our age, a lot of our exposure to Michael Cole initially was The Rock shitting on Michael Cole. Just like, and oh, that's Michael true. The Rock's brand new T-shirt. Because for me, this is more right. This is more like of a generality. Like they come after Cole because he's the voice, but they're coming after. It's like they don't the like messenger. what he says. Yeah, they're they don't the like messenger. that Vince is having him spit all the. Oh, but I mean, we've said. Thing is, we say it on this show all the fucking time. If you don't like what the commentators are saying, don't blame yeah. the commentators. Blame oh, Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is in everybody's ear all show long, telling them what the fuck to say. So that's why I wonder, like, this the the Twitter thing, right? Is this a Cody Rhodes thing where he's like, "Hey, man, in WWE, they promote Twitter and all that shit all the time. We need you guys to do the same thing tonight while this show's trending worldwide." You know what I mean? Here's the better. I think it was. Here's here's a better question. All in legitimately was the number one trend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. In the world, if they didn't say it on television, you know how. Stupid they would have felt. Oh, so it'd be idiotic. I mean, I'm not mad at it whatsoever. No, I'm, I'm not, not mad either. about it. When I'm just, on... What I'm saying is, people people shit on WWE for doing it, but it only makes sense because it means you're the most popular thing going on in the world, essentially at the moment. And well, and if you're doing and if you're doing what they're doing, and you're doing a lot, you're doing this as kind of an independent thing, and you're trying <laughs> to promote all of these people and blah blah blah. Like that's how you affirm to the fans that it's they're working. part of something and yeah. blah 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 and you keep that energy high that way if you decide to do a show like this again you've got people that'll fucking go so like, i want to um i don't know how how much longer you want to talk about this but i, I did want to kind of get my thoughts in on the show because it was sat last saturday it's been a week now six seven days whatever so Saturday, I didn't get to watch it live as I was going across the air. Saturday is my daughter's birthday. I had a lot of stuff going on that day. I caught the show right before the Kenny match started. So I caught the last three matches, and that same night I went back and watched all the way up to through Cody and Nick Aldis, right? So I missed Janela, and I missed Flip, basically. I mean, those and are the Carl matches. also... And ladies and gentlemen, Carl also obtained the show legally. There is no illegal piracy on the Outsiders that <laughs> podcast. Mm-mm. We support the wrestling. The money that where our mouths are. Absolutely. So, so here's what I want to kind of touch on about, about the show. I think I saw someone tweet this a while back, so this is not my own thought, but it made a lot of sense to me. So Cody and Aldis didn't end up main eventing, which is, you know, that's fine. I, I kind of feel like because that was the biggest moment, maybe they should have. Rance, you thought maybe the Bucks should, were it was good. The Bucks should main event as well because it was their idea. No, no, so no, no, we're no. fine on that. I didn't know Cody should have main evented. I'm just saying that's why the Bucks did. Okay, okay. No, Cody so and Aldis should have main evented. There were. I remember specifically hearing someone tweet if the WWE put out a main event match of Stardust versus Magnus for any kind of belt whatsoever that it would get just, I mean, a giant shit would be taken all over it, right? However, here's the thing about that. While it's funny and you listen to it and you think, yeah, this isn't really Stardust and Magnus, is it? Exactly. I mean, no, you know, it's not at all. Exactly. So 
I, I mean, well, it makes me laugh. I, I get the point, but they told it well with Cody and they, they played into his dad. And I, it was, for me, that was the best moment from what I've, I've still, like I said, I haven't seen two of the matches, but for me, that was the best moment of the night. I thought, you know, I was the, go ahead. That was the number one moment of the yeah, night. The sure. other, other highlight moments include when Jay Lethal took Brandy up on his shoulders, Miss, Miss Elizabeth style. Yeah. And when the when the match started and he was dragging her back to the corner like I know used to do. Yeah. No, you stand over here. So um, I do want to get into one thing though, because for me the best match of the night was Marty and Okada, and to me it was the best match by a good margin. I didn't okay. care. I didn't care for the main event that much because I don't. I'm like you, Rance. I don't really love all the flippy lucha shit where they're not know, really right? selling. I'm the biggest lucha guy fan in the world. Y'all, so, I'm the only Lucha fan on the pod. It's okay. So, um, yeah, so that, eh, whatever. Um, and like I said, I haven't seen the other two matches there. But So for me, Marty and Okada, best match. My, my biggest criticism with this show, it comes down, it just it's, it really makes me understand something about wrestling fans. And, of course, here we are on a show that we should be celebrating, and it should be celebrated, but yet I can't seem to not do what I'm about to do. And I just I, I feel the need to take a dump all over Kenny Omega right now. And I'm sorry to Kenny Omega, the number one wrestler in the world, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. But when you I know people literally that think Kenny is the best wrestler in the world. And he will hit eight billion V triggers in a match and then turn around and they'll shit on Roman Reigns because he does too many Superman punches. And I'm like, are you like and when I try to explain that, someone will try and, like, give me some kind of response. Oh, well, that's, you know. It's different. Yeah, it's different for Kenny Omega because, no, it, no, no, it's not. It's not different for Kenny Omega. It's not different for anybody else. And that match, to me, everybody thinks it's the greatest match on the card. I'm not saying it was a bad match. I thought it moved incredibly slow. I, I mean, I just did not. There were a couple of ooh moments, you know, but I just, overall, Pentagon Jr. is kind of fat, and I mean, he was he's just oh, not no. like. Oh, wait, wait! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Wow! <laughs> hey, that shaming over here. Listen, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, well, I don't just, think like, any of the three of us are in a position to fat shame. Any. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I'm not saying it like that. But I, what I mean by that is, I didn't think because of his size and Kenny, they don't mesh well to me. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, God. they just it didn't mesh. So, like, I, I mean. I just – it's kind of how I feel about uh, Jericho and Omega. Like, they had a cool story and everything, but it just – nothing ever felt like it meshed well in that match. No, I, I, don't know I didn't like the match as much as everybody else did. And I don't know if it's because Kenny – like, we talked about this when Kenny faced Cody Rhodes, which also wasn't a great match. Kenny wor- moves – works fast. He works a real fast, fast. style. And Pentagon – doesn't. At least he didn't in that match. I don't. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of his, a ton of him to be like to know what he does, you know, outside of that. But it just they didn't really mesh. And everyone thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. And maybe, and you're entitled to your opinion. Maybe I just have a different standard you know, for a wrestling match. You know. No man. Like to be perfectly serious, like Okada is the best wrestler on the planet. And the reason kind of it's agree. Okada, and the reason it's Okada and not Omega is because Okada can carry you to a match. Kenny, can, Kenny can't carry you the way that Okada can. Okada can make anyone look like a main eventer. Okada, in the, in the limited... Okada can make Sonata look like a legitimate threat to take the title 
in a match. And no disrespect to Sonata, but we all know he's not taking the title. I'll put it this way with, with Okada. I've seen limited amounts of Okada's work. I've yet to see anything I've disliked. I mean, I, I watch him and I legitimately, I'm like, I really like this guy. Well, what does it tell you that the only negatives that people have about Okada right now are that they remixed his theme song and he's wearing pants and people don't like his pants? Scooby-Dooby-Doo! Right. <laughs> yeah, like those are the criticisms people right. are launching at Kazuchika Okada because his wrestling work is so good that we cannot shit on any of that. And here's the deal, guys. You guys know for a fact, like what I just said about Kenny and Penta – I'm going to get shit on for this, okay? I, and here's yeah, the thing. It's okay. What I do that every show. the tagline that Ricky and Clive gave us this week? Ah, uh, for someone oh, to remind hell, um, um, it was something like giving the truth before the weekend comes or something like that. It's amazing. I need to write it down. Like serving your it. weekly right. dose of truth or some shit. Right. Well, so, I mean, but here's the thing. I'm not scared to get shit on for that because this is you're talking to the same guy who gets shit on for not caring about Bret Hart and Steve Austin for no, no, no. no, wait, stop. Okay. You, it's not that you don't care. You said it's terrible. The match is trash. <laughs> no, I just yo, said it again. The yo, match itself yo, is trash. Yo. And y'all think I'm, I'm the terrible, hot guy. No, I'm a terrible wrestling fan. I've never watched the match all the way through. Because <laughs> well, it's terrible. The, the, the story is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. We, we don't, I don't want to get into this conversation, but those who know, know I'm not afraid to give it a show. Just... I love this show. So, yeah, Kenny and Penta, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, match of the night, bro, bro, greatest. No. What, what are y'all watching? Are we watching something different? Because it was Okada and Marty to me. That 205 spot popped to me show, from the chair. You know what I mean? If I could change one thing about the show, and sure. I understand the reason they did it, I would have put MJF and Matt Cross in the Battle Royal instead of having them yeah, open. But like you said, but I understand you know the why. reason that they did it because the reason that they did it was in case the feed sucked or they had issues with getting it to launch, nobody's going to be pissed about missing MJF versus Matt Cross, whereas people going to be pissed about missing Hangman versus Joey Janela. And, and so the feed I'll, did suck because the feed didn't come up to like 15 minutes in. So I want to, I want to, yeah, you're right. I want to say one last thing, and I'm, I will stop on all because I don't really have much to add. Um, Not after this. After, after this. Um, so the pacing. All right, you said people weren't moving. Well, I wouldn't move either if I had 20 seconds in between each match before the next one started. <laughs> That's a good point. And here's the thing about that. That's fine if you can do all that, but like, I, I maybe I've been conditioned. By WWE, and if that's a if that's what the response I get to this is, that's perfectly fair, and I understand it. But they give you some time. Like All In is the biggest indie show ever, right? What's WWE's biggest show? It's WrestleMania, mm -hmm. right? You know when I took my break at WrestleMania this last year? Anyone want to take a guess? Hall of, Hall of Fame, of course. Yeah, I want to take a piss because I know who the Hall of Famers are, and it's a lot of a lot of people watched the, the Hall of Fame show two days prior, so. That's that's my piss break, right? And that's a seven-hour show. I might take a piss break at you know one match, maybe like Bludgeon Brothers or the five-minute uh the five-minute preview videos. Right. So there's I felt like they really and they may have had to do it because they had so many matches on the card, and hell they were short for time even with doing all that. So some of it was that. Some of it was also they had sold out merch before the show even started. Like all they had left were two X's an hour before the show. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not, like I said, that would be from a, from a standpoint of just like watching the show. Luckily for me, I can pause it 
you know, but if I'm there, I can't pause anything. Like you sure. said, you and you had to run to the bathroom, you know what I mean? Which is why, if you remember, when we first started talking about the show and it first sold out, I said very clearly, I hope they don't tape this or at least show it live because it this was a show strictly for supposed to be strictly for the people that were there. Everything about that show was for a live house. Yeah. But when you try to put it on TV, then you have constraints that they weren't prepared to have. Because one major thing we, none, none of us have talked about tonight was there were terrible audio issues. I did notice that. I did notice that when I was watching the thing. But I can also say there were audio issues in the arena. Like, you could hardly okay. hear theme music when it was playing. So maybe it was just a Sears Center. Yeah, some of it could have just been yeah, that. that. So... Uh, the last thing I want to say about the show, and then yeah. I'm I'm done talking, is it was the best use of a celebrity I've ever seen in wrestling. Oh well, Stephen Amell isn't your normal. Stephen Amell's like he's Stephen not your, he's not your normal wrestling celebrity. Like no, I mean he's not. But he like that Rob match was still yeah, that match was still like the best use of celebrity I've ever seen, and he won the audience when he took that table spot because he took that shit like a fucking champ. Do you think? Daniels was the right person, or should he have fought Hangman? Say, do you think Daniels? No, was I right think person? Daniels was the right person because he's because, a ring general. Well, not even so much because he's a ring general. Because what happened to Amel in the match is he got he blew up about oh, midway through. Oh, was too hype. Okay. Yeah, like his adrenaline was pumping so bad that like we could see it in the crowd for some of those spots towards the end of the match where like. Daniels is trying to lift him up for a suplex and he's so blown up that he can't even help the way that he's supposed to. So like, that's that's what really happened. And Daniels is such an accomplished ring veteran that Daniels can just work through that. It's like, all right, you blew up. So let's adjust our spots a little bit. Let's hit the BME and let's get out of here. I'd like to give a shout out to Christopher Daniels for having the best gear, having the greatest Avenger ever, Hawkeye, on his uh, and the best archer in the world. Oh, that whole feud was great. That whole feud that. was great because every time he would give promos, he'd be wearing Marvel shit. I love it. And Hawkeye is legitimately the better archer. I'm just saying. But uh, I mean, look, we can sit and talk. Hawkeye is the better archer, but I mean, I'll take Stephen Amell over Jeremy Renner any day. That's fair. That's quite fair. I I don't I don't dispute that one. I don't dispute it at all. Okay. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll move on. But movie we'll star, on. TV star, so you know, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's Oscars and shit. Um, we could talk more all in all night long, but we do have to move on. Um, for the record, if all I hope nobody's gonna listen to this and say, oh, all they did was shit on all in, because all three of us, well, Kyle loved the show. He said on the record, it was the, the most fun I have ever seen live. Absolutely, it's and the most fun I've ever seen live, and I have been to WrestleMania, y'all. Yeah, numerous. So, um, but Carl and I enjoyed it too. I just want to kind of yeah reiterate that. Uh, so one thing that we haven't talked about <laughs> that has outside of all in probably been the second or third biggest takeaway from wrestling in the past couple of weeks is one Braun Strowman and his heel turn and his, as he calls it, his pack with Dolph and Drew McIntyre. So there's a lot to unpack with this. It goes back uh, to three weeks ago, I believe, uh, which was the Raw after SummerSlam when Roman came out and 
and uh, Finn came out, challenged anybody. Finn came out to take it, uh, take advantage of it. They had a match later on that night. Braun said, I'm going to come out and I'm going to cash in, you know, and I'm going to do it in your face. Roman wins the match, and as soon as Roman turns around, kicks him in his chest, start to beat his ass, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Shield returns in full Shield regalia. Next week, which was last Monday, um, the, uh, was it three weeks or two weeks? It's been two weeks. I feel like it was only two weeks because yeah, two weeks. this week opened up with that, like, yeah, the, the promo about them being a pack, and then the Shield came down and made the entire yeah, Raw. No, the week prior was the tag team match when, when Braun did what he did. Like, my biggest beef with this whole development was during that opening segment, the Shield made literally the entire Raw roster look like fucking chumps. To be fair. They are chumps. City. I mean, they are chumps, but, like, do we have to acknowledge? Like, they, they, lit, they sent everybody. They sent Finn. They sent Lashley. They sent all them motherfuckers down, and the Shield just geek-zoned all of them. To be fair... This ain't the first time the Shield's done that. No. And they got theirs at the end of the night. And besides, the funny thing is, I, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but someone was like, how come the Shield don't have any friends? I'm like, well, first of all. They beat up everybody. They, they beat up everybody. Beat up literally everybody. And, like, the guys who were left, I was like, I said, what is Zack Ryder's bitch ass going to do <laughs> if he comes out there right now? I mean, and if the, can't and do it. the one person who would have helped him, Finn, had already got beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finn was the first one to get those hands. He was, but I think he understands the situation. If anybody no, understands it, no, but no. If anyone's a dumbass in this situation, it's Finn. Why the fuck you going out for Baron Corbin, the same motherfucker you've been fighting for like months now? Why? Why are you going? Why are you gonna ride or die for him? Well, Thank you for making my point that Finn Balor, worst wrestler. Of 2018. No, but so far. also, oh I heard God. a criticism of the beatdown at the end talking about why is Kevin Owens joining in on Braun Strowman and blah, blah, blah. That entire storyline was about how Kevin Owens was afraid of Braun Strowman. So if Braun Strowman told Kevin to get his bitch ass down <laughs> to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. The problem with that, though, well, you can poke a hole in that, though, because Kevin t- really probably shouldn't have ever been there because he quit the week before. Okay, you know but I mean? there's a, there's a verbal I quit, and then there's a verbal resignation. Right, I understand. And so I Neville. So maybe he just said I quit, but didn't really quit. Quit, you know. Well, and Baron Corbin did say he was going to work on that. So maybe Baron offered him something good. Maybe tell you. Either way, but either way, the point is Kevin Owens was out there because Braun told him to get his big ass out there. And Kevin was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Braun, sir. Please don't throw me off the cage again. <laughs> That's fair. So I think I kind of think what, what, what Rance is alluding to here and what we're kind of we've kind of tiptoed around it a little bit is the scrutiny of Braun Strowman's heel turn. While he hey, was not just what a was Braun Strowman ever a fucking face? Well, I'm gonna get to making sense, to Kyle. Stop making. No, hold on. I'm gonna get to that. I've got a theory, but I want Rance to clarify what you're what you're talking about because I have something I want to add about it. But go ahead. Look, y'all can have at it because clearly I don't need to say shit for this one. I don't need to say a damn thing. Right. But um, the I feel like the criticism has been number one, Braun turning heel. Number two, the way Braun turned heel by giving the title, giving the cash, uh, the money in the bank contract up. Before the beatdown, and number three, and the one I think that is the most interesting, because those two are very ex- easily explainable. The third, that's most that's the most interesting, is 
Braun <laughs> being the monster among men, yet feeling the need to join up with other people to take on the shield. Okay, Go. I'm gonna sit back. I'm no, no. I'm Molly Curran today. Braun was never a fucking face. Braun right. got cheered by the fans for attempting to murder Roman Reigns. Like, so, not bullshit attempted murder. Like, straight the fuck up. I'm going to flip you over in a stretcher. I'm going to run through your ambulance. Try to murder this motherfucker. That's true. Oh, wait, so, don't forget about when he tried to murder uh, uh, Brock and Kane when he dropped the entire wall on these motherfuckers. Right. Well, at his most recent feud with Kevin Owens, he intentionally lost a cage match so he could toss KO like a fucking lawn dart. David Otunga must be his lawyer because he really got a good lawyer. <laughs> So all these times he attempted to murder, and not once did his ass get arrested. Attempted actual murder, not once got arrested. Meanwhile, we put the shield in the paddy wagon because they made a bunch of geeks look like geeks. I'm just saying, you it's a Samoan, a Hispanic dude, and a dude who looks like he's shady. I'm just saying. (laughs) All right, makes you think. So the shenanigans aside, this is something I've kind of been going towards for a while anyway but it this brawn thing confirms it for me period it's not that deep y'all <laughs> listen it's not there are no heels and faces anymore this isn't about heels and fa- heels 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 and faces this is about characters with different goals all braun Strowman cares about he doesn't care you think he cares about the universal championship okay that's all he's worried about he wants to be the universal champion He's going about it in the way he sees fit because a few weeks ago he got jumped by two guys plus the guy he was trying to win the title from. So why not go out and get backup? Because obviously he can't run through the shield himself. So he's going to get backup. You don't think the second Braun Strowman wins the universal title, he's not going to kick Dolph and Drew to the fucking curb. Are you kidding me? Like that's, there are no, like to me, this is all a, it's, it's the way wrestling is best it's uh, maybe not the best i still like heels and faces but the idea now is more about how do i go about getting what i want and whether that's yeah it's it's not you know where you could call roman reigns a heel if you wanted to i mean to anybody well and to anybody who's like why does braun Strowman need help like i'm not even a mark for the shield but there's a combined like what eight world title reigns between the shield and who knows how many mid-card titles. Meanwhile, Braun's only title reign to his fucking credit is a tag title that he held with an eight-year-old child and gave up the next night. Oh, no, no, no. He's the champion of Saudi Arabia, okay? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. He got that big green belt. Not wrong about that either. Does he keep it in the same case that Naomi keeps the ovarian trophy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a little bigger. Yeah, the, the the ovary trophy needs a little bigger. But also, so, let's not, let's, uh, yeah. real quick, one more thing, real quick. Let's not forget yeah. that the Shield. Remember, the Shield was just voted number one fashion of all time. Which, Shut the hell up. Yeah, like <laughs> I saw that. That's honestly, so, like evolution is voted. honestly no, way they're not. more loaded than they. No, are. they're not. No, they're not. I'm just saying. I've said this forever. But that, but hyperbole aside, the history of the Shield recently. Is that the shield was never as a as a as a tandem as a fully functioning unit was unbeatable. You don't think Braun don't know that? Braun came in the game fighting the shield and got his ass beat. I'm just saying, like you don't forget. Well, that, that it's just what I'm saying at this point. Like 
I know a lot of people, we see a guy do a bad thing and we're like, he's a heel. Or we see a guy be like John Cena and come out with this never give up towel and be like, he's a good guy. But then John Cena comes out to the ring and starts dogging people like Roman Reigns. John Cena's been a dick for like a year and a half whenever he's around. That's what I'm saying. That's why there are no heels and faces anymore. It's just people with specific goals and a different way of achieving them. And that's kind of the way I'm choosing to look at this story in in a lot of ways stories going forward because we've argued before that Daniel Bryan's a fucking heel in the Miz feud to some degree, right? I mean, well, you know what makes Daniel Bryan the ultimate heel? Bree. God, <laughs> Bree's insufferable. Bree mode. Wow, they're not going to be around much longer if they keep diving into the mat. Well, from the bad music to like, Nikki at least became a good wrestler. Bree's married to a great wrestler and can't even be mediocre. <laughs> All that aside, that's just kind of my theory on all this. You know, let's not, like I said at the top of this, it ain't that deep. It's just not. People trying to dissect this, and it's the same way I know we're going to talk about her probably. It's the same thing with Becky Lynch. Wait, don't even get there yet. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that that's, to me, it's the same general idea. Like, heels and faces are so, it's such a blurred line now in a lot of ways. I don't know, man. Samoa Joe, Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, no. Well, they are they're Samoa Joe more so. Like, I mean, oh, okay. but, t- but time out, but time out, but time out, but time out, time out. Yes, the way he's going about it is wrong. But all Joe's trying to do is let AJ be with his kids, bring the boy. family back. That's together. all he's trying to do. Yeah, he's here to Yeah, he's here to help. He's gonna Uncle bring that Joe. family together by fucking his wife. Uncle Joe wants the family to be back together. Sometimes you have to use drastic measures. I'm just saying. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, I'm just that's that's it. I mean, it's, to me, it's some you can Samoa Joe's another example. I mean, yeah, he's doing some shitty things. Tommaso Ciampa, they're doing shitty things, but like, think about we could sit here and say Tommaso Ciampa is the heel, right? What about Johnny Gargano? Oh, like, Gargano's well, I mean, not. You know, Gargano's yeah. going insane. Exactly. So, I mean, like, is there, there's not really a true heel face thing anymore. There's very few, like, true baby faces now. Or there's, I mean, I think you would find more clear heels than you will true baby faces at this point. Because they, honestly, honest to God, I don't think they, it's hard to write a good baby face. And I don't think they can. I was going to say, it's hard to write a good baby face because of the limitations they have corporately Yeah. to their writing style. Well, I just think the crowd, the way the crowd is now, That's what it is makes it me. hard to well, see. No, my problem with their baby, like, I, you're right, that's absolutely valid, the crowd sucks ass, but my problem with WWE's baby faces is they all sound the fucking same. Fight for your dreams? Yeah, like they'll fight out, for you. Uh, I'm honorable, and I'm gonna go fight. And how dare you cheat to win? It's not about winning. It's about these fans. Like, uh, all right, dude. Just, but it is about winning. Just and also, ass. and also, the fans are booing you right now. Yeah, <laughs> like it's still about to kick his ass. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. So I, 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 I watched. I, I was able to watch the first episode of the Man Classic yesterday. First match was Tegan Knox, aka Nixon Newell, in her first match back on television against this Chilean chick named Zatara. Okay. Anyway, 
uh, the match was about Tegan Knox, obviously, and Tegan won, right? But the whole time, and Michael Cole is excellent when he's not produced by Vince, for the record. Michael Cole, the whole time, has said on the record, Tegan's going to win. I think she's going to win. She's amazing. <coughs> she's going to be a superstar. And the whole time, he was like, well, uh, uh, Zatara, she, she's, she's getting the ire of these fans. And Tegan loves the fans. And Beth was like, yeah, but Zatara wants to win. Shouldn't Tegan want to win, too, and not worry about that? <laughs> and I was in my mind, I was like, yeah, you're right. You could care about the fans. But ultimately, you should want to win. Yeah, like, and that's my, like, I think that's my number one problem with WWE's babyface writing is it's always just this, like, oh, if I pander to the crowd enough, they'll cheer. If I say the city, if I say the city name at the right time and ask the crowd if they want to see this match, they'll get hot. And that's going to get me some cheers. It's like, no, dude, just say you're going to kick his ass because you want the fucking title. But that works like, for kids and moms, though. It does. Really. It does. But it works for kids and moms, right? And I'm not trying to criticize that, and that's why I think they've they're trying to blur the lines more now. Because I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Becky Lynch is the most over female on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, you can pander to to the kids and the and the parents and that kind of thing, and that's cool. But I mean, in some ways, you know, wrestling at its core is, in a lot of ways, is still there's a lot of middle demographics, teenagers. Well, young adults, and they need to be pandered to a little bit as well. And so I think and you don't have to the be lines vulgar make, to makes do that it easier. Either. No, no, no. And you don't have to be necessarily vulgar to do it. Like they can no. do it within the confines of PG, sure, yeah. and just make it about like, okay, you have wronged me in the following ways, and I want to be a champion, and that means I got to go through your ass. So well, what Becky, let's get what it Becky's been doing, except for the bitch and the screw you. But I, but the, 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 the so I what you're saying is you sound like me in circa 2017 in the early days of the SEC podcast because I've been saying for a long time that there's no heels or faces but nobody listens to rants but hmm. um, but the reason hold on though I, I just said that I've somewhat agreed it just takes me a while to come around to that because I can't just I can hear anybody can tell me anything but I don't just take everything someone says and be like aha. Like I gotta, I gotta watch it unfold a little bit before I'm just. And now I agree with you. You know, now I come back and say, "Hey, okay, that's fair." You know? But it's, but it's me. I know. Well, you don't always say everything, right? You know? Shit. I. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Okay, fine. You favorite. Apparently, I'm the one doing the ego stroking on this show. This is. But, but so, no, no. Oh, you're right, Rance. Yes, yes, you're always right, buddy. Here, let me pet your forehead for you. <laughs> Carl's Ricky's favorite, but I have a standing invitation to stay at his house from his wife. I'm just saying. Eh. That's not a. It's not an Owen situation. It's not. Um, but no, I think. <laughs> no, it's not. No, hi, Mrs. <laughs> Ricky. Um, I think the issue is that the WWE adapted to the crowd because they got sick and tired of year after year of the crowd cheering who the fuck they wanted to. So no matter how dastardly the heel, Braun, we just sat here and said Braun Strowman is a heel, been a heel the whole time, right? The crowd has cheered him tremendously the entire time. He, the more, the more crazy out, out, uh, outburst of strength he does, the crowd loves it. Randy Orton is out here like. Like really harassing, go away. He's harassing the holy hell out of Jeff Hardy. What does the crowd do when he does it? The little yeah, look, Randy to go away. We're uh, barbarians, bro. Who? We're barbarian human beings. All of us. 
Oh, that's why we love that shit. We're barbarians. That's why we love oh, that stuff. Oh, well, like, you know. I mean, very clearly, the Roman Coliseum, that was... What you doing yeah. this Sunday? Oh, nothing. You want to go see some people die and get eaten by lions? Oh, I'm down. Let's go. Hell yeah. Hey, what you Want to watch them drown week? in a water battle? Right. What you doing next week? Nothing. Oh, hey, my manservant who I own is going to come pick you up and and drive you while he walks. And, and here's the thing about the Coliseum. Even, even back then... The guys fighting in the Coliseum were pandering to the fucking crowd. Y'all ever seen Gladiator? I mean, come on. He's like, are you guys not, oh, not, not, not having a good time? He was the baby face. He was the baby face. Yeah. The only thing he needed to oh, say Max was like, right here in the Coliseum. He's you know definitely the baby face in this whole situation. So, okay. So, so uh, Seth and Dolph, I mean, uh, Seth and Dolph, Dolph and Drew are now Raw Tag Champs. Can we talk about how Dolph Ziggler is doing the gamut of every other member of the clique to um, <laughs> McIntyre's Kevin Nash? Yeah. He's been he's been the HBK. He did the Hunter. Now he's doing the Scott Hall. They're pulling this outsider shit. Like <laughs> he's been every other member. Is he gonna do Sean Waltman next? Look, I was about to say he's been Waltman the past three years. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, um, no, that's that's you're right. Absolutely right. He's he just he is. Remember when before he left before he won the U.S. title and he dropped it off, and when and he, he was doing the when he was coming out every the week, Razor Ramon shit. Yeah, to like every different all the different people. Maybe he just never stopped and we just didn't realize it. <laughs> um, but so Braun in the Hell in the Cell, uh, him versus Roman, which purportedly should be alone for the title. I'm assuming we're gonna get. Seth and Dean versus Drew and Dolph. This has become now with what happened this past Monday. Uh, this has become much bigger than just a Braun Dolph Drew Shield thing. This has become a roster thing with Corbin seemingly pulling the strings. And of course, we know Stephanie is pulling Corbin strings. What's next? Where do you think this goes? Because we have what one more week before Hell in a Cell. So yeah, like, what happens sure. next? Where do you go after beating up the whole roster, getting arrested, coming back, and then getting beat down? And that beat down was very, was very important for this one reason. You can you can count on one hand the number of times the shield has been left laying as a tandem. Shook the whole roster, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, so this yeah. week they'll do that classic shield shit where they just like hunt them down. Jump zone, yeah, jump zone. They'll start with the scrubs. My boy Drew will probably be one of the first scrubs to go down. I feel bad for him, but that's but probably here, where that's going. Here's the thing about that though, like I, the people like it's the most interesting thing they've been they've done in a while. And un- Raw, like yeah. the one thing about about wrestling that's great is we love destruction so much. So literally, they could do this shit for like the next three or four weeks, and it's still gonna get pops because. We want to see the, the shield beat up it's, geeks. And, but it's, you know, what got the shield over is just the frenetic. What got the shield over was the fact that they were frenetic and 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 just jumping whoever they wanted and attacking whoever they wanted. And when they wrestled, they wrestled as three men, as one unit, better than we've ever seen. And they had great matches. So we know those two are going to happen always. But the, the the jump zone, like I like this iteration of the shield a lot because. It's not just we're three men as one. 
it's evolved to we're still our our individual selves we still have our accolades and we're very proud of who we are when i'm wrestling i'm coming out to my music and my in my gear but when we get together it's 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 like it's like three home three homeboys who used to tear it up and then they got married and had kids and then they go out together while they're married and with kids and they go out for a weekend with no kids or no wife and they tear it relatable. This is highly relatable right yeah. now, yeah. So they, they're finna tear it up. So I, I, I like this iteration of the shield, but I, I, I like the, the the difference in the two factions in that now, for once, the shield finally isn't the favorite. They look vulnerable, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so, yeah, we can move on. Well, no, no, no. I also, I think one thing, we like, you, we mentioned Baron Corbin. I know I say that name, but it puts a lot of people to sleep. But this Baron Corbin, well, you're always asleep on the podcast. Right? <laughs> I know, right? I can't help it. Baron Corbin, though, we don't real. I don't think we realize how big of a factor he probably is going to be in all of this. And I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But he's good. This he's going to play a major role in this. There's a reason they kicked Kurt Angle off TV for a while because we know and Kurt then, Angle's ass can't well, handle this kind of stuff. And then this happened well, the right after is- that. Yeah. Corbin is the type of authority figure that they need for Raw the way that they've structured Raw's authority dynamic. They need an authority figure that can be active in the ring. And if there's one thing Baron Corbin's proven to us, it's he can take that ass whooping. Oh, yeah. He Baron Corbin too. can take that ass That's whooping. In between best. chin locks, he can take that ass whooping. Well, I like the little slide slide out the ring, come back in the ring clothes. Yeah, that's, that's always cute. No, listen, I used to mark for Baron Corbin. I did when he was more than just chin locks. When he won the SmackDown Money in the Bank briefcase, like I was all in on Baron Corbin as a rising Kane style heel. I'm not as into the constable, but like I know that he's intentionally slowed himself down in the ring, and I think that that bothers me more than if he just sucked complete ass. That's fair. So what you're saying is his hair. He's like Samson. His hair was his strength. Yes. <laughs> His hair was his strength. Okay, so okay. let's talk about something that's going to piss off Carl. Becky Lynch or Charlotte? <laughs> you ain't pissing me off. Go ahead, though. You can try. No, I don't want, I don't want to piss you off. This this is a very fun episode for me. So, um, Much very similar to Braun, Becky turned heel. But yet there have been multiple dirt sheet reports and fan columns and ideologies that Becky has indeed they have that the the writing has indeed made a left turn, and instead of making her a full-on heel, they've changed her to an anti-hero because the crowd is still 100% firmly behind her. So before I hand it to y'all, I want to say one quick thing to those people who are saying that Charlotte is the heel because she should have let Becky win, and that she's a bad person because she wasn't there for her friend. You have no ambition. I just want to say that, Carl, Kyle, <laughs> I love I-, I love you guys like you are my brothers. But if it was the job was between me and y'all, I'm getting that job. And you know what I'll do when I get the first check? I'll take you out to dinner. That's what we're going to do. But I'm getting the job. People have personal ambition. One thing she said uh, in their interview Tuesday, which was really well done, was she said that, Becky, you feel like you've been in my shadow. I grew up in the biggest shadow to ever grow under. 
And one thing she did not reiterate that she should have was not only was I not only was she under the shadow of her daddy, she was under the shadow of her brother. She didn't even want to do this. You know what I'm saying? So like, miss me with as 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 Kyle so eloquently said, miss me with that. Miss me with that. Go ahead, Kyle. I'll let you jump in first. I jumped in first on the last one. Okay, so first of all, I think what really upsets me about this, like, oh, they've changed their mind story, is this is some Uncle Dave-style bullshit where, oh, well, plans change because it's not the thing that I said was going to happen, so obviously they just changed plans because I'm never wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, get over yourselves, y'all. Sometimes you don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's okay. Isn't that the whole point? Weren't you pissed before? Because you felt like you knew what they were fucking doing, and now you don't. So stop complaining. That's number one. Number two, Becky has made sense the entire time. Like, she's bitter as fuck, and that doesn't change that. But she's made sense the entire time. I like what she said this past week where she talked about not so much the being in Charlotte's shadow stuff, but where she was talking about, like, I've had to prop you up and I've had to deal with your fragile bullshit all this time. And I'm just done with it because we've all got that friend who's super emotional and you're there for them and you don't stop loving them. But every now and then you just need to be like, listen, I need a break from your ass because your shit's too much. I'm probably that friend for Carl. (laughs) No comment. Um... (laughs) Hey, I know what it is. It's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you, Kyle. And here, here's the thing about about this. Um, as far as Becky's concerned, I think the reason people got up in arms. What I mean, it's the heel turn, yes, heel turn. But I think it was more about the fact that to them it felt a little forced the next night because she legitimately kind of went after uh, crowd support, you know. And she's like, "Have you guys been supporting me?" And to me, that was kind of that was oddly written because, of course, they have. Was it written? Well, right. I don't know. I would imagine it is because I don't know. We, you know. But regardless, it like I, she just said that. Regardless of that fact, what I will say about it is, you know, Becky didn't turn heel. Once again, there are no heels and faces. Becky just changed her mindset and her attitude. For a long time, you know, maybe it was, hey, yeah, it's great. The fans love me, right? Eh, well, you know, they still love me, but it's time to just focus on this title right now. Like Charlotte. Pissed me off. She's obviously, if you're watching and you're paying attention, Becky's reasons towards Charlotte are fine, but they're wrong. Like it wasn't Charlotte's fault. As Rance just said, if we get an opportunity, if he gets an opportunity to take a job and we're all in on it, on this opportunity, he's not going to like not take it. You know what I mean? So Charlotte did. I'm like, I didn't say from the whole, from the get go, blame Paige for this. Like, this is all her fault. She didn't have no, to do any of this. But but seriously, though, they've been planting seeds of this for Becky since the Mixed Match Challenge. When yeah. Sam Zane, Zane, Zane who did turn. this before. Sami Zayn, who did this exact same thing before her, was trying to make her see the light of, yeah. listen, it's great that you enjoy getting cheers, and that's awesome, but how about, you know, win some shit? Absolutely. And that that's – that's Becky is not a – wouldn't what you would call a heel until she like literally comes out there and calls the crowd idiots. Like that's like, that is usually like the, how, you know, like it's one thing for her to be like, did you guys support me? Cause that's more like rhetorical. You know what I mean? 
So but when she actually what, comes out there and insults them, then maybe we're talking different. So she hasn't is, done that. Is that the line now that you have to be antagonistic, antagonistic to the crowd? No, I'm just saying I think that if she had done that, there'd be a better argument. There would be a better argument because the arguments fly from jump. Because the only reason people are upset, the people who are upset are, that are upset, is because they got what they wanted, but not the way they wanted it to happen. Becky sure. is the biggest thing on SmackDown right now from a female perspective. Arguably the biggest thing on SmackDown from a anything perspective right now, the past yeah. two weeks. But they wanted her to do it the way they wanted her to be. The baby-faced Becky who was happy-go-lucky and straight fire and the bad lass and the, the, the steampunk. Instead, she's an all-black out here not giving any fuck about anybody. But what they don't want what they wanted. But what they don't want to admit is that this Becky is a better Becky because this Becky has layers. Not only that, but it well, makes that, more sense for the story. But face that's Becky the thing, was though. a but geek, thing, bro. It, face Becky was a geek, and that's the thing. Like the fans want it the way they want it, but what they don't seem to understand is that the best characters, the characters they like, are the ones with fucking layers. Yep. Face Becky had no fucking layers. She was just the redheaded last kicker. Who talks this about Becky, sipping tea and shit. This Becky might be wrong in her motives, but at least she's got fucking motives. And we That's know what they is. are. And her actions are consistently following along with those motives. And here's the thing. She's not wrong in her motives. She's wrong with how she's going about them. She's absolutely right to be upset that Charlotte won. She's absolutely all right to feel that Charlotte always wins. Charlotte always gets what she wants. She's uh, she feels like she's in her shadow and she's tired of it. She's absolutely right for all of this. The problem is you can't jump somebody because you didn't get what you wanted. That's we the teach problem. our children that all the fucking time. Right. That's the problem, and that's why she's the heel. It's not that she's wrong. She's absolutely right in everything she said and done. But if you really care that seriously, Charlotte said it perfectly. All you had to do was say I want a title shot. You'd have had it the next fucking night. But you're going to jump me from behind? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Multiple nights? SmackDown's women's division has bigger problems than this is the other thing. Because, like, Charlotte and Becky are both credible. The rest of that division is Geek City. Even Asuka's Geek City at this well, point. This episode is titled The Geek Episode. Well, actually... No, Kyle it's the Dick me. Flip episode. I yeah. requested that ahead of time. Because yes. we talked famous Dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Oh, okay. this, 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 yeah, this was requested, like... Actually, I'm, it's going to have three names. It's going to be the Super Show episode, a.k.a. the Dick Flip episode, a.k.a. the Geek episode. So it's going to be a very <laughs> I mean, long intro. There yeah. are a lot of geeks on the main roster right now. There, there are, are a lot. <laughs> but is it, But can I argue, isn't that necessary for a good wrestling show? Because if we're going to have wins... If, if, so I am the biggest proponent in the world of wins and losses don't matter in wrestling, right? But if we're going to make them matter, then there have to be some geeks, right? If we're going to have the Patriots done dynastic dynastically for a decade then we gotta have some buffalo bills i'm just saying oh i mean really the thing is, browns? and i mean the thing is speaking of the cleveland Cleveland's browns interesting. the thing they're is they're interesting at least you know geeks serve a purpose and geeks can still get a shine like our truth got to be in the main event of smackdown this week by the way but that's the most clever shit i've ever seen in my life i'm trying to teach you something youngin what could you possibly teach me how to, How get, to get on the main event. event. Smackdown <laughs> Live, dog. And Ty was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, speaking of the Mixed Max Challenge, number one, not the time to do it. No, not the number, time. They got too much shit going on too right now. Too much. Number two, 
why is Andrade and Zelina not in this? Hey, who who did? Who, I can't remember. There was a gender got a good partner for this. Who Alicia was it? Fox, bro. Yes. That's amazing. He's going to be trying to, like, woo saw her. I yes. was going to say, is he going to try to woo saw her crazy ass? Absolutely. Be <laughs> I want to watch it just for that. Not gonna, she's going to beat the shit out of Sunil. Yeah. Or you know she is. Oh, God, yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting, but it's just not the time for it, in my opinion. Plus, oh, no. yeah, wait like, I would have, like, I love AJ. I love Charlotte. I could have done without them. I love Rusev and Lana. I could have done without them. Speaking of AJ. AJ and Charlotte are on a team? I haven't seen them. The yeah, teams. they're teaming together. Speaking of AJ. So they number win. One, okay. <laughs> number one, I need him to lose the title to Joe in this match. That's number one. Just number two. Period. Number two, I need this match to be in the cell because it just is a story that fits it so well. Well, let me And I you. know it's not going to be. And uh... I, whatever. Uh, but like it's gonna I be windy Jeff, on a pool. I need Jeff Hardy not to jump off the top of a hell in the cell and kill himself, and I need oh. Randy Orton to not be on my television screen. So like, you let's, there's a lot of knots you want. Let's right talk. Now. Oh, speaking of Jeff Hardy for a second, I know we're kind of getting random right now, but speaking of Jeff Hardy, is it not hilarious to you that Matt Hardy hears that his shit is fusing together and he's like, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is like, you know what, I'm also unhealthy. I'm going to go ahead and jump off the set. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but doesn't that so perfectly describe Matt and Jeff Hardy? Absolutely. <laughs> and it totally, like, uh, validates everything Matt Hardy did when he was broken with the spot monkey addiction and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> holy shit, like, everything he said was right. Uh, I just wanted to point that out because, to me, that's, I find that hilarious. That's the I'll tell you what, though, that's hiring – Hiring Matt as a producer is a good move. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Matt knows how to write creative. And well, well, he's, is he, so do you think he'd be better served as a member of the creative team or as an agent? I think that they could use him in either spot, and it would be good for them. Oh, yeah, he'd be a great agent, but, I mean, if he's creative. In fact, that's isn't that one of our biggest criticisms of the creative team? I think we need more wrestlers wrestling on the creative team. Is a thing. It's like if nothing else. If if it's nothing funny. else, I think putting a wrestler on the creative team at least gives you one voice in the room who's willing to say, "Listen, I respect that idea, but it's not going to work." And and I think <coughs> it, Jimmy Jacobs was great, but Vince didn't know Jimmy. Vince knows Matt. Vince knows Matt. And 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 don't get me wrong. Vince learned to like Jimmy because Jimmy got away with a lot of stuff. But not only does Vince know Matt. Vince loves Matt and he trusts Matt. So it'd be a little bit. Well, Matt made him a lot of money. And not only that, but Vince is a loyal person. Not only did he make a lot of money, but Matt put his life on the line numerous times. Like, yeah. not just wrestling matches, but serious times to get his show over. It's why Vince, no matter how much Foley shits on the show, no matter how much Foley goes in all these other companies, Vince will always love Mick. Because Mick gave his life for that company. So Vince will always be loyal to, to it's me. It's why Jericho's not worried about the shit that he does. Because Jericho's put his life on the line for that company. Yeah. So he let, spent, let me for ask 20 you years, he gave them his career. We, we are on a – do we have more topics? Because I, I want to touch on one more thing while we're kind of being random. Not – And just kind of get your different. thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. Touch on it, man. Okay. Hey, I kind of like winging it sometimes. That, that, that's – but speaking of Matt Hardy, 
He was tagging with Bray Wyatt. And now that is over, obviously. So Bray has been very cryptic, as Bray likes to do, and it gets on my nerves quite a bit. But what do you guys think? Because I, I, I do believe he still has a role to play, and I don't know what it is. But he's mentioned the Shield in tweets. He's been very cryptic about things. What do you think? And this is obviously we're just spitballing here. There's no – none of this is rooted in anything. Like we have – we're not behind the scenes. We're not Big Dick Daddy Dave Meltzer. We don't know. But – what do you guys think the plan is, or can you give an idea as to what you might think they're trying to do here, or is it just Bray being Bray? I think some of it's just Bray being Bray, but I also think that the problem – here's the problem. I agree Bray does serve a purpose, and Bray could be an important piece of the puzzle, but they've damaged that character so badly that it's going to need some rehabilitation. So he's coming back as Husky Harris. Got it. What do you think, Rance? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I just mean like <laughs> they they did a lot of damage to his credibility over the last like year and a half. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but in February of 2017, Bray Wyatt was the WWE champion. Yep. For a whole Same month and a half. That, and, and the black one, not the universal champion, the like WWE champion, the same belt that Rock and Austin and Hogan and them won. And Jinder yeah. Mahal. And Jinder Mahal, sure. <laughs> but but the point is, no. it's hard to believe that a year ago, Wyatt was at that level. When you think about where Wyatt is right now. So, here's here's what I think. I think. The problem with Bray, for well, first of all, what they're going to go with Bray is Bray's obviously going to get some semblance of a face run, a single face run. The one thing he hasn't had, which I think will benefit him because, as many people have said numerous times, during his heel run, he was so charismatic, people wanted to cheer for him, right? He's a cult leader, so it only makes sense if a cult leader is actually liked at a certain point, right? Sure, Yeah. So no it, cult leader is not charismatic. So that, exactly. I mean, that's just... um, but I think the problem was, I think Bray's, I've said this to you guys before, Bray's gimmick was such that didn't care if he won or lost. He just cared about making his point, right? That was the whole goal of the character for a long time. Well, eventually, when you keep losing <laughs> and, yeah. you, and you don't make your point, <laughs> yeah, then you lose the crowd. So the face turn was way overdue. And more than anything, um, imagine the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase in in, in, in his height in 1988 when he buys the title, right, in his height. And then imagine him going a year after that without anybody to buy. If if, if If the entire crux of your character is a super powered cult leader, and, and you, you have, have no, no cult. cult to lead, then there, then you've kind of lost your way. And I think that's the biggest problem with Bray is that, which is the problem with the character in general, because Kyle has said numerous times, and I agree with 100%. We've agreed a bunch of times. Luke Harper is one of the most and underrated. And Bray Wyatt are like peanut butter are, and jelly. Exactly. But Luke is one of the most underrated guys on that roster. Luke is world title material in yes. the ring. Yes, but agreed. He, but they're so intrinsically tied together because they work so well together. And not seeing a them team. apart doesn't feel. It doesn't right. make sense. And they're not a tag team. This isn't Edge and, and Christian. No, 
this is, and I'm going a little. I was gonna say this is the Steve full Yashi brood. Virgil. It's the full brood, right? But here's, here's a better a better one would be Ray is Sean... Gangrel and Harper and Rowan are Edge and Christian. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's more Sean and Diesel, in that you know they're not a tag team, but they're not equals either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I want to see Luke do well on his own, but Bray might that might be the only way they work together. But then you kill both of their careers because they're so talented separately. That what can you do? You know. Yeah, but you know what story they've still not told with the two of them. Luke Turner. They've still not told the story of Luke Harper getting sick of Bray Wyatt's shit and taking him to the cleaners. Yep, and that should have happened. They should have done last year at WrestleMania. Yep. So you didn't really answer my question. Where do you think they're going with this? Is this just Bray being Bray? Oh, oh, well, first and foremost, anything on Bray's Twitter is Bray being Bray. Okay. Don't take anything Bray says on Twitter as yeah, real. Twitter is totally Also, sh- from a kayfabe perspective, the Wyatts and the Shields are Peter Griffin and the Big Chicken. They got beef for real. Yeah. Right? That's what, see, that's what I'm thinking. So you Bray know, just hates the Shield. Right. And, 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 and Bray, had, and it's been acknowledged very clearly on camera and off camera, because Brian has said Bray is his mentor, that Brian is one of Bray's children. Right, even though he's away and he's left the nest and he's doing, own th- Braun is one of Bray's children. He might not have the hold over him, but that's one of his kids. So if my kid is fighting these dudes that I hate, yeah, I am too. Right? And can but- I just say personally, for me, like I I know that there are numerous reasons why this shouldn't happen, but personally, for me, if we're talking Braun and a couple of goons going up against Bray the Shield and Harper, I would much rather it be Bray and Luke than Dolph and Drew McIntyre. Well, but I am openly on the yeah. record as hating Drew McIntyre. Right. In a perfect world, that would work, but it would take too much explanation. Too much. How did Harper all of a sudden appear on Raw? Ray has that kind of power. He's a oh, trade. I made a trade. Who would have got <laughs> traded? Who are you trading? Uh, just pick a geek. Bobby pick a geek. There's <laughs> so many geeks to choose from. Just pick a geek. <laughs> I love it. They should they should have like a pick a geek night on Raw. They just trade geeks back and forth. Remember, yeah, uh, like there's so Ra many Roulette. geeks to choose from. Remember Raw Roulette face the geek. Yeah, it's just all around. No, speaking of no, but speaking of Bobby Roode, how serendipitous is it that we were talking about how James Storm needs to come back, and next thing we know, they're putting Bobby Roode in tag match. Gable. <laughs> By the way, if y'all don't think Bobby Roode's about to turn on that man so seriously. He's oh, about to murder Chad Gable. Good, Gable's a geek. To... Gable is a geek. Yeah, but, geek but Bobby Roode's just a cut geek. That's he's true. Vascular. With, 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 he's a vascular geek with awesome theme music. Yep. <laughs> you guys know how I feel. If you've ever listened to this show, you know my opinion on Bobby Roode. The so very first time with. Carl told me his opinion on Bobby Roode, I think we stopped the show for like 20 minutes. And this is literally, Kyle, I don't know if you ever heard this episode. It, it was me calling when Caleb was still on the show. And all you heard was, what? 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 No. What are you? Not, what, no. That's all you heard for like 20 I minutes. I can't even me. imagine How am I looking reaction now? to hearing that. He's, not a, he's uh, not a geek. He's just being booked terribly. As a, so he's terribly. Not a face. He's not a face. Geek. Geek. This, this is what happens when you get music that gets over with the crowd, but you want him to be booed, but he'll never get booed with the music. With that music. Which they, is why Vince said screw it. They're going to have the same problem with the Undisputed Era when they call them up. 
Absolutely. Which You're going to keep using them in that heel role, and they're just going to keep getting pops because, number one, everybody loves to do Adam Cole Bebe. Number two. <clears throat> and, the boom, and the boom. And the boom. Yeah, boom has become a big shit. But at least they're interesting when they open their mouth. And not only and that. Yeah, Bobby Roode opens his mouth, and you're just like, sure. Mm-hmm, maybe but a lot of that is what Rance is talking about, though. Bobby Roode <coughs> does not work at all as a face. No, he TNA, doesn't. TNA Sorry, TNA I don't. That. Like, TNA no. tried to turn him face once or twice, and every time they tried, it was just like, nah, we got to turn this dude back. I, um, and the thing about the Undisputed Era is that the Undisputed Era is truly the one group or faction that could get away with playing genuine tweeners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a group I'd love to see get called up and come after the Shield. Bro, Roman will spear all three of them at the same time. You know, well, you know, I know. Yeah, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I was going to say, here's the problem. There's a size discrepancy that Vince will take one look at and just be like, nah, fuck it. Geek squad on parade. I will say this, though. Vince will respect Adam Cole because he respects the, People who the get connection. Dude, yes. That connection Adam Cole has with that crowd. He respects that. So Adam Cole will get a healthy And I don't push. want we don't need them we don't need them facing the shield because they are better served on SmackDown because SmackDown needs more legitimate people. Can we just talk about when uh, when is Undisputed Era gonna jump Bobby Fish? When is it gonna happen? Um Is he fully healthy yet? He's close When's to his first I'm going to say, if not his first match, his second match. You know what's the really second, bad? second, he's healthy, yeah. You know what's funny to me? When they take pictures, and Adam Cole was still the North American champion, Adam Cole had the North American championship, Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Sherron had the tag titles, and Adam and, Brady, and Bobby Fish is holding up the Slammy they won, or whatever the NXT award. Like, people care about that. <laughs> Yeah, just gotta just gotta give him some gold, right? He's like that one guy in the group that like extends the joke, and you're like, ah, no, this part, this this joke extension was terrible. Like one guy adds something, the next guy adds something, and then Fish says it, and you're like, ah. Well, and you know, Fish is the one they're getting rid of because they put the they added strong shit to the logo, so like, yeah, right. Fish is getting jump sewn the fuck up out of there very quickly. He'll be joining the Geek Squad soon. <laughs> is dare we say is he can the Steve Martha that, McMichael? Can, can that be our new name for the Raw roster? Like that's not in the main event, just the Geek, Geek Squad. Squad. <laughs> they start wearing white shirts with the black ties. <laughs> a pin, name tag. Pin we'll me, know. pay me, pin me, pay me. Old school job squad thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know we we never talk NXT on the show. I think we could talk excellent. NXT. I'm and actually young up to date on NXT. Was excellent. It is the anime quest. Versus Gargano was great. Tremendous. Not to mention, in two weeks, we're getting Ricochet versus Pete Dunne, title versus title. That will, of course, very clearly, they're not going to let them finish that match. Somebody's going to jump them. But that match for the 10 minutes they'll get, 15 maybe, will be visual orgasmic. Visually orgasmic. Undisputed Era is going to jump them because they've got history with both people. And we're setting up, we're going to take over War Games. And can I tell you, I may be one of the only ones, but I got very hyped when I saw the video package from last week's episode announcing that Lorcan and Birch will be back. Because yeah, I'm Mark for Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. I am all here for it. You're I right. like my vanilla midgets. 
with psychology Derek, and hard hitting. Danny Burch is bigger than a vanilla midget. He's like a vanilla midsize. All right. Speaking of NXT, this is actually something besides just being random about it. Um, Regal is doing his investigation finally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the brass knucks in his fucking office. You're, you're so, sitting on the thing, just yeah. On display. So, who done it? Any thoughts? Who done oh, it? Oh, uh, you didn't hear? So you didn't listen to the show? Okay. Cassius Ono did it. I was gonna say Rance thinks Cassius Ono did it. And you after like watching Cassius one? Ono's promo after he beat the dog shit out of cocaine, Kona Reeves. Uh, wow. He do it like he was chilling Bobby Brown in the eighties. You're right. Like I'm, all I'm saying is. Kota Reeves is Miami Vice and a half. Hey, he's I love Hawaiian it. Vice. He's so bad, I love it. <clears throat> but uh, do, would you like me to explain why? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, three reasons. Okay, number one, the whole the whole who done it of thing when Regal walking out and walking past everybody and showing the different views of people who could have done it, right? Only three people could have done it. And they're t- they're that's they're taking that seriously, making that the crux of the story, right? They're only even three setting people... one of them up as a red herring. Yes, which only is three because he wears red trunks. Absolutely, only three people could have done it logistics from a logistics standpoint: Tommaso Ciampa, Lars, who was physically too far to have done it, and nobody see him, or Ono. Ono was the other person because if you remember watching them, Ono's walking up from behind. Ono walks up from behind the uh, trucks and with and is going to sit down with Candice and I think Kyrie saying out of nowhere, like that's a random thing for him to be doing, right? right. And they were giving him the side eye like a motherfucker, like, right. like the, what, what the fuck? From? Number two, Cash's Ono hasn't. Um, he's he as as he spoke to this past uh, Wednesday, feels like he's been overlooked. Right, he's you can't miss Cassius Ono and his Toonstar outfit. Not no, but his point, no, but his point is he came back, and at the time he comes back, he's supposed to be this like big returning name, and he's already quickly returned to mid card purgatory. Oh, well, we can't take him seriously. Well, I just no, I just told you why. Out here to every city he's in, he's like, I'm wearing my Memphis Grizzlies outfit tonight. Like, we, all right, every thirty year old dad at the gym, like, come on, like man. Big Baby Davis grew some hair. When we get off the call, we have to tell you about when we went to San Antonio and saw his last match as Chris Hero. We have uh, to tell you about that. That's got to be off the call. We cannot yeah. do that on air. Uh, no, we fine. cannot talk about that on air. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Keep going. And and also, thirdly, not only has he talked about how he's felt overlooked, but if you've watched his wrestling in the past <clears throat> maybe six months, going back to Dream and all that, in, in fact, the first time I noticed it was when he fought Johnny Gargano in the uh, match that led to the Fatal 4-Way, which led to um, the title shot yeah. all those months ago. He was bullying Johnny Gargano in the match. And not like simple, you know, I'm going to be the heel in this match because I'm bigger. But he was like, Johnny, you just know where you can beat me. What are you doing? Laughing at him in the ring. Right. So he's, show, he's been showing more signs physically of, I mean... Of being of being uh, uh, more of a bully, and then here's the you speak of the red hearing of Lars being the red hearing. Here's the real red hearing. Cash is almost called the knockout artist. Uh huh. I'm just saying, it's Cash is So what I think is going to happen is, because 
only person who knows what happened is Nikki, but she's too damn crazy to talk. I also don't know what happened. That's what I'm assuming. Because they got to probably jump from behind. So what's probably going to happen is Alistair's going to want to go after Ciampa because, of course, it has to be Ciampa, right? In his mind. And he wants the title back. That's going to happen at TakeOver War Games. Cash will probably fight Keith Lee or Matt Riddle because he said he's going to be the gatekeeper now. And somebody comes in, I'm going to knock him back out. And in the after uh, either after the match or during the match, I'm going to come and blast the fuck out of him and cause Ciampa to win again, which is going to lead to the reveal at the new tapings. Well, why would, okay, that's fair. Why would Ono, in theory, though, if we're talking in wrestling theory, mm-hmm. they should teach a class called wrestling theory, but if, mm-hmm. but why would Ono cost Black the title when because by Black was one of the people that leapt over him. I know, but exactly. Ono could then himself gain an opportunity to become NXT champion. If he It's were not to... about the championship anymore for him. It's about respect. It's about everybody's. It's about the crowd who's supposed to love him, forgot about him and turned on him in his mind for all these other people who have came out and came before him. And if I think I, I got to look this up, if I remember correctly, Alistair Black debuted at the same pay per view. Ono came back. Well, that I don't yeah. know. That that would take a historian not named Carl. Yeah, I'm not. I will say this though: if Ono wants to understand why the crowd isn't behind him anymore, he should look no further than his wardrobe. Speaking of people on NXT who are only mildly impressive, Carl, this one's for you. Dakota Kai did the first thing ever that impressed me. All right. I know what it is. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Did she lose? Yes. She went off the screen. No, that's not actually it. Um, First of all, it took until the very end of the match because it was a match with fucking Aaliyah. So you can just imagine how thrilled I was with that shit. But she used this finisher that was like a sunset flip into a backstabber. And it looked really great. And I was like, all right, Dakota Kai, that impressed me. She has a good ass. Nothing else about you impresses me, but that did. Well, I'm a Lacey Evans guy right now. I still love Dakota, but right now I'm on the Lacey Evans. South Carolina's own Lacey Evans. She's got something there. Is she really from South Carolina, or is she just yeah, South Carolina? Paris Island? Okay, I thought it has. I thought that might might be a military connection. I think she might be from Beaufort or Buford. I mean, I'm Susie. Either way, I like her. I like her gimmick. So you know, have now I'm just saying you, random things. Have either of you caught any of the Mayon Classic? I have not had a chance to start on that yet. When did that? Yeah, that I was. Had a chance. It just started that pretty recently, like yeah. The first episode was just Wednesday. Okay. Caught it yet? I'll try and get caught up at some point, but it's so uh, disappointing that uh, it's extremely disappointing that um, spoiler alert: Tegan gets hurt later on in in the in the tournament, and all she's been talking about is how you're gonna have to stop me from walking to get me out of this tournament, and it's like, Oh. oh no. Yeah. Well, I did finally. I was able, unable to avoid the spoiler of who won the whole thing. So I do know who won the whole thing. Obviously, I'm not going to mention anything for those who still like to be spoiled or not be spoiled. But I don't. I don't know much about this person who won technically. So I don't. I guess I'll have to watch and find out. But uh, are we missing anything, guys? I mean, is it? Is it no, is I it, think we've covered everything. Is it time we to talk all in. We talked oh. raw. We did SmackDown. Alistair Black's vignettes started in in early March of 2017. 
Chris Hero debuted in WWE in January 2017. Okay. Cool. Pretty close together, yeah. So I'm just if we could have a whole if we could have a whole WrestleMania feud between uh Randy Orton and CM Punk because he jumped him in Cosmo title three years before, then we could do this. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, wrestling never I really mean, anything that brings fun. anything that brings Ono to the main roster to partner with Cesaro in time for Sheamus to have to well, retire uh, because of injury is fine. So with I me. want that to happen. I do but Cash is on those. It's basically signed the deal to be a, a trainer and like a, a like a student trainer. Like he's gonna wrestle and train at the same time. Like I I don't think he'll ever come to the main roster. He may not. That's fine. I wouldn't mind him, but you I look look. Cash is on is amazing. I don't know how he would do in front of main roster WWE crowd. Well, I mean, he he's barely relevant in NXT and everybody's over there. But he hasn't been giving anything to be relevant for, with, by the way. He hasn't been giving anything. To Speaking be of everybody being over, I do want to shout out the NXT audience for that tag match between um, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, Adam Cole, and Roddy Strong where at the start of the match they were just chanting, Everybody! Everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, can we get more of that at my wrestling show? Honestly, though, that would be be more perfect if instead of Roddy Strong, it was Kyle O'Reilly, though. Well, no, what made it perfect is it was supposed to be Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong, but Adam Cole is still so pissed at Ricochet that when the match was getting ready to start after they did their entrance, Cole yeah. just looked at O'Reilly and was like, I, you sit this one out. You sit this one out. I See, I w- yeah, I, I would have had Adam Cole and O'Reilly as opposed to – Strong would have been the one that I would have put out because everyone oh, but Strong's got, But Strong's got the history with Pete Dunne. That's true, yeah. He turned And around. by not being in the match, Kyle O'Reilly can spend the entire time making faces. Yeah, he can. <laughs> playing air guitar out there. Yeah, really. playing air guitar with his title and making faces. Dog, the, the, the clip that they showed when they were backstage – Talking, I think it was at a takeover, and Kyle O'Reilly was tuning his belt. That's the most yeah. hilarious shit to me. And he was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> "It's good stuff." I never in a million years, yo. When I used to actually watch Ring of Honor like three, four years ago, I never in a million years. I refused to watch Red Dragon. I would, I would yawn at the thought of Red Dragon. And I like I never in a million years, when they when they gave the they, when they gave the strap to Kyle O'Reilly I was like they're the company's dead. I never in a million years would have thought that he would be one of my favorite wrestlers on the roster. So Kyle O'Reilly, hats off to you, homie. Okay, so before before because we're we're pretty much we're starting to get random here. And yeah. I, I think this is not going to be a super like popular topic. Maybe for you, Rance, I don't know. But I think a lot of people that listen would be interested in hearing about this. I'm just curious, quickly, before we get out of here, what you guys think is in the future for one Adrian Neville. Because we mentioned him in passing earlier on the show, and he's officially done with WWE. His contract finally came up. He was unfrozen to whatever. So what do you guys think? Is there um, going back to Ring of Honor? Might he go to Japan? What, What do you think? He's never been to Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. I thought he was yeah, in. He was never in. He was, in, he was in Dragon Gate. 
That okay, okay, all right, I'm with you. <laughs> and he's definitely not going back there. And no, yeah, because I don't even know if it exists anymore. So everybody any wants to go to. Everybody wants to go to New Japan. I don't think he'll go to New Japan for this one reason. If he goes to New Japan, it just shows how big of a hypocrite he is because yeah. he'll never get out of his juniors. Yeah, she's like, been to the juniors. Had nothing to do with the juniors for three years. And no, no offense to Neville, but he ain't no Kushida. I'm just saying. You know, and Kyle, again, Kyle and I have talked about this ad nauseum. Kushida should be fighting for heavyweight titles. Kushida you know? should be the Ring of Honor champion right now, damn it. <clears throat> so, Kyle might think otherwise, but if he really wants to make his mark, if I were him, I would take a good six to eight months, if not a six months to a year, and just do indie shit, right? But if he wants to make his mark, Adrian Neville, a.k.a. Pac, as the superstar of Ring of Honor, makes a lot of sense for him. You know where else makes sense for him, though, with his style? Impact. Lucha Underground. He can do both. You know what I would like to see him do? Honestly, mm. I wouldn't watch it, but I would like to see him go to go to Impact and take all the titles from Aries and bury Aries again. By the way, <laughs> hold on. Wait, time out. Time out. Okay, so I don't watch Impact. I don't watch Impact, clearly. Clearly. But this okay. world across my timeline to show why I hate this fucking company. Most was just fighting this dude like in like death, not death matches, but like very seriously. I want to kill you type matches, and now he's and now they're active. allies. Yep. What? Now Moose is his bitch. What? <laughs> yep. Just when you think I might take the ban off, nope, you go and do some stuff, stupid shit like that. Yep. Thanks, Don. I mean, there was also this weird mafia meeting involving Conan and fucking Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Oh, so so the factions are trying to yeah, come to the table. Uh, just like yeah, I'm out on all that. When did Eddie Kingston become a big enough name to become a gangster leader? First of all, when did Eddie Kingston become a Latin gangster? First That's of all, who is I Eddie Kingston? He's an old Ring of Honor guy. Long, long, long ago. Okay, you can see, if you, everybody knows, I don't know shit about these guys. If you haven't been hanging out in WWE for at least five months, I don't even fuck you. Right, <laughs> That's a good point. Just saying. Eddie, Eddie Kingston was a lower tier, maybe sometimes mid-tier Ring of Honor guy a long time ago when Davey, when Davey, uh, Davey Richards was running the scene over there and shit. I mean, if you are low tier Ring of Honor, I damn sure don't know who you are. So yeah, yeah. yeah. no offense. So, like you, no, d- don't worry about it. Eddie Kingston's not serious enough to care. Okay, that's fair. I just, you know, I wanted to clarify. Whatever uh, happened to Homicide? Did Homicide and Hernandez are the OGs. Oh, they are. That's right. They are the OGs. That's right. Um, and and Santana and. Other homeboy are with Eddie now. No, Santana and other homeboy are with Conan as the new LAX. Eddie's got Homicide and Hernandez. That's what and the OG thing is about. They're pissed at Conan, Conan for replacing them with Young Bloods. And and oh and 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 first of all, the best part of the original LAX is currently managing Andrade Cien Almas. So like, let's get that now. Rosita and Sarita, where they used to do that stupid little little. Yeah, Zelina Vega was the best part of the original LAX. So can I be honest with you? When she was in LAX, I thought she was hot garbage. Yeah, and she now, was. Exactly. And now Still she is. is. Like, like in uh, ring, asset. Great fucking character. Yeah. Coral has that. no idea what we're fucking talking about. We, you know, we should just one episode. Me, you should just talk like 2007 
Ring of Honor and, and just have Carl just sit there and just stare at the screen. Just smile at us? <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> well, honestly, honestly, I would just drink a bunch of beers and then at the very end be like, you know, you know what? I got something to say about all this. You know what? In 2007, <laughs> TNA was still watchable. That yeah. was the heart of the Christian Coalition era when was AJ awesome. was a lackey. AJ was Christian's lackey. Let that sink in. Not only was he Christian's lackey, AJ was forced <clears throat> to team up with Tyson Tomko to be Tyson the Tomko, yes. To be the tag champs. The problem solver. <laughs> yeah, and, and didn't they lose the tag titles to Matt Morgan at, when he was we? We're the tag team champions? Yeah, yeah. Before the blueprint Matt him. Morgan is the, is the one guy that got away from WWE that I wish would have gone back because blueprint Matt Morgan was great. He was. He was a little. He was a little dangerous, but he because he because he didn't wrestle like a big guy, but not like Taker style. Like he he tried to wrestle as a big guy when he's too fast to be a big guy. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like Taker is a big guy who wrestles like he's five, like he's six foot one. Man, Morgan I'll, is the six is a seven footer who wrestles like a seven footer trying to wrestle like he's six foot one. I'll take his bicycle kick, the carbon footprint, over Seamus's bicycle kick. Any because day. he really kicks you, yes. For, for those listening, <laughs> for those listening right now, yes, they're talking about TNA, and and also I'm staring at the screen. But also one more thing, I'm I'm right now I'm just focusing on Rance's children's artwork behind his head. It is beautiful art. It is beautiful yeah. art. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you but, know. All right, let's let once we're if we've hit the point in the show where we're talking about a company that we don't talk about, we know it's, it's time, time to, to sign out. Yeah. yeah, it's time to go, boys. Uh, all right, tell me where you tell me if you find you guys. Kyle, go ahead, man. You, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Schmores. No Instagram. No, I don't do it. I have an Instagram, but I don't actually use it. No Snapchat. I mean, these people it's ain't gonna be snapping not, me out in the streets. Not, not for us. <laughs> yeah. Y'all can snap me, but I mean, our <laughs> listeners ain't snapping me out in the streets. No, no, no Bitcoin information or anything like that. No, no insider secrets. I secret. wish I had Bitcoins. Right? <laughs> All right, What's your, uh, give them your Patreon, okay? Give them your Patreon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Outsider Curve, and I also don't have Snapchat or Instagram or any of that shit. So that's where you're gonna find me. Hey, big news! If you guys didn't know, I hit. I hit the 700 follower mark. So I'm like semi-famous. It's that really. column that you're writing, man. Yeah, I've got them on their... Anxiously awaiting it. I got them on their, on their toes about that one. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> on bated when breath. Get, when they get the finger poke of doom, they're going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a column for like... It's just going to say, hey guys, this is my column. Bye. That's, <laughs> That's not the finger poke of doom. That's <laughs> Jeff Jarrett laying down for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Okay, you can find me at it's Ray Cash, R E Y's Mysterio C A S H as in Dallas. I have an Instagram. It's at it's Ray Cash, but I don't post shit. So you stalk me. people. Just say it. Pretty much. I just yeah. I don't stalk people. Is it stalking if you just follow? You people lurk. Like? You lurk. Is it stalk? But is this maybe it's look? Maybe I'm I'm too old for this. I shit. mean, we're. I was gonna say we're old, y'all. I'm too old for this shit. I don't get this. I don't have a snappy chat. I don't have a, a, a face range. I have a Facebook, but y'all know that. Um, uh, yes, my column also as well. I am at... It's only going to take me a, a, a few hours to write it. I just don't know what I want to write about. See, like this, Carl, is, this is bullshit. the same idea listen. for like three months, but can't <laughs> write anything. Listen to, listen to this, though. 
I'm obviously being completely ridiculous about the fact that this column was coming soon. Rance is like literally out here justifying, like, well, some serious guys. Like, obviously, like, this column is. This, he ain't right neither. He ain't right like, shit. I, but I've written recently. Like, go yeah. look at my resume. Recently? Because usually when you write something, you let me know about it and you and I like read it before you put well, it out there. And I ain't seen I, shit from you in a while. Well, when I got fired, I went on hiatus. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So that's you fair. know. All right, finish up the plugs. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, the show. You can follow us at Outsiders Edge SS. Uh, follow the click Social Suplex at Social Suplex. SocialSuplex.com is a spot to go check all your stuff out, your columns, your reviews, your podcasts. Social Suplex, Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can listen to all our stuff. You can follow, you can follow that or listen to it anywhere: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, anything you want. Yell it in, yell it in the air, and somebody will play it. You something. Um, don't forget about the other shows we have on on the network. So, um, um, uh. Ricky and Clive, with the homies Ricky and Clive. Uh, you have uh, One Nation Radio with Rich, and, with Rich and James, who also are simulcasting on Lords of Pain now, so shout out to them. That's a real big step for them. Um, you also have Grown Man Watch This Shit, uh, which is the uh, indie show with Chris and James at Grown Man Pod. And, of course, you have the good homies, Josh and Jeremy at Keeping It Strong Style, our New Japan show extraordinaire at KI Strong Style. I also mentioned mentioned uh, earlier this week in the awards, but I have been named as oh not named but I have been announced as one of yeah this announced the name same shit as uh one of the new hosts of Chairshot Radio. Um, so we'll be starting that sometime soon, uh, with my boy Chris Platt. So uh, yeah, you'll be getting a million power references in that show, but what can you do? Um, column coming soon. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, before I go, we got two things to say. First, I want you to know the normal. Um, you know, if there's nothing you like, if there's something you didn't like in the show, if you had a problem with anything we said, if we were just a little too much for you today, you know, you have to understand that we are just three young men following our dreams. Gotta respect our all. And you gotta support that. You gotta support that, right? So following our dreams. But before we end the show, I want to say uh, there's a lot of you who don't give a shit about this, and I respect that, but heart and soul, thoughts and prayers go out to you, Mac Miller, you and your family, rest in peace. For sure.